dude, the times this year, it's, it's like, it's insane how much faster they were than last year. I, I don't, I don't really know why. Um, but like, obviously Keegan's time was faster. That's, that's probably not a surprise. Although Keegan did have to beat his past self, which is challenge challenging enough. Like for example, the, the time that I got was, would have gotten me sixth place last year. Should have done um, that last year. And, and did you, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> party people we had a big weekend of racing to cover with the third round of the lifetime grand prix taking place at crusher and the tusher as well as u.s mountain bike nationals taking place in pennsylvania so we decided to rally a guest for the show to give us some inside scoop from inside the ropes at mountain bike nats carson beckett aka the random east coaster shares his race stories from the xc and short track races while dylan tells us about his race from crusher and the tusher we also have loads of listener questions and some bonus content coming in the second half of the show so stick around if you have any questions or feedback for the show, hit us up at bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com or give us a shout on the socials. Also, if you're interested in getting your hands on some Bonk Bros merch, check out the show notes for those links. And huge shout out to all of our loyal Patreon supporters. In case you didn't know, patrons get early access to our shows. So if you just can't wait for the next episode to drop to the public airways, throw the bros a few bones and well, bam, early access granted. All right, enough of this intro biz. Let's get this party started. Carson, that's a, that looks like a fancy coffee. What are you What are you drinking over this thing? Yeah, a cold brew. That is fancy. What is that? Like, a, you're drinking coffee out of a glass? You know, it's like a. I think it's an espresso glass. You know what they use in Europe? Like, I don't know. I'm not all a. These, like, yeah, it's got all these like timeless working glass sets here, but just like a little espresso, some some water, so a little americano. Just ripping the espressos this morning. Nice. This one's, yeah, my second one's decaf. So we got a good, uh, yeah, I don't want to go too crazy. <laughs> but it tastes good. <laughs> uh, Dylan, nice. so you're in Durango. Are you going to hit the uh, Wednesday night world's ride tonight? Uh, I thought it was Tuesday night. Oh. Is it Tuesday night or Wednesday night? I don't know. I assumed it was Wednesday because it's like Wednesday worlds, like the alliteration. I thought that's how it yeah, always but- was. Our world's our world's night ride in Brevard used to be on Tuesday, and then COVID kind of killed it. Doesn't really happen anymore, but and it was Dylan. always on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know, I thought, I'm pretty sure the Durango one's Wednesday, but maybe not. Okay, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm assuming the answer is no, since you don't even know when it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't planning on it. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't fit with the training plan? Uh, yeah, I, man, I did like a four hour ride the day after Crusher. I usually just take it easy the day after a race, but Crusher was like a relatively short race compared to what I usually do. So I was like, I'll do a four hour ride. And the guy that was staying with me wanted to do it. And, uh, I felt pretty wiped. I still feel pretty wiped. So (laughs) back to back four hour days makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Last time we talked about Carson on the podcast, I think that I referred to him as a random East Coaster, or I referred to whoever was going to win nationals as a random East Coaster, which uh, didn't actually come true. Unfortunately, I was rooting for the random East Coasters, but they didn't they didn't pull through. Did you forget about the random Durango superstar that was going to show up? (laughs) Yeah, I guess I did. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Still though. Um, Carson, you were, you were t- what, t- top five the first day, right? Yeah. Fourth in the XC. XC. And then, and then how um, did uh, Sunday go? It was, it was pretty wild. We were on like severe thunderstorm delays basically all day. Um, I think we were supposed to race at like four or something and ended up racing at seven. Mm, but seven. they like condensed, yeah, they condensed everything to, um, like 15 minute races so they could squeeze wow. them all in between the storms, I guess. Um, so yeah, it was a little, I mean, it was a little hectic, but everybody was in the same and it was just like a race basically. Yeah, I didn't have I didn't have much left in the legs Sunday. I tried, but it was kind of like a slugfest, and um, ended up like tenth, I think. And yeah, okay. yeah, the cross country was was the meet I was going for. So did they did they keep the cross country course pretty technical, or did they make it like more tame? Because the last time yeah, nationals was at Bear Creek, it was like a pretty rowdy course. Yeah, they kept a lot of the like original the OG stuff. Um, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I was I was pretty pleased with it because I was I was kind of afraid they may make it a little more modern and like build some new stuff, but um, they they didn't. They kept you know there were some techie uphill bits that were kind of tricky to clean, which yeah. was fun. And then um, a good blend of it. I mean, it was like a pretty perfect course. It had some gravel in the middle, a long sustained climb, some techie uphill stuff, and then you know, everything on the downhill, you could imagine a little bit of like man-made flow, but, um, yeah, the, the main downhill was some of the original stuff, like really classic Pennsylvania, um, and really, really chunky. And I think, um, I mean, that, that was definitely kind of one of the hallmark parts of the course. It was, they had this one strip of trail that was, uh, just as hard (laughs) like to clean it as it was to get up there on the climb. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's probably that's probably as perfect a course as it could be for you, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I feel like anything in that I don't know sub six minute range climbs right now is where I'm at. Um, yeah, and and steep obviously is better for me. So uh, the first climb was about five, six minutes, good effort, and then mm-hmm. we kind of shot down a couple shoots, which were pretty pretty tricky, and then they basically. For the second climb, it's like they forgot, oh, we got to get back up there to the top somehow. So they just took the course straight up the ski slope. Um, nice. And it was, yeah, I mean, we were all talking. It was basically like a minimum of, you know, 400 watts for for me probably even just to get up it. Wow, um, dude. Like two, two and a half minutes <laughs> as hard as you could go. Properly um, steep. Yeah. Yeah, it was super, super, super steep. So, mm. Dang, gnarly. So it seems like you're finally recovered from Cape Epic. (laughs) (laughs) Eli and I were talking about that as well. He said, yeah, I talked to, I talked to Eli at uh, Bighorn and he was like, yeah, uh, Cape Epic wrecked my whole season. (laughs) (laughs) He said, said, I've never been the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. it, It took me a while to kind of find the speed again. I think, I don't know if, central i don't know if it's like a nervous system thing or what but um yeah finally found like the speed i've kind of been looking for yeah. and um yeah and and i mean when a, a force is super demanding or the conditions are super hard it's hot humid wet like whatever it is that's that's always something yeah was it hot on rate race day 
Yeah, it was pretty toasty. We raced it kind of eight thirty four PM, so it was Oof. eighty probably ninety and then I'm not sure with humidity. Yeah. Dude, ninety on the east coast is hot because it's gonna be humid. Yeah. Like like ninety in ninety in Arizona or Colorado or whatever is not the same thing as ninety in Pennsylvania at all. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, it was interesting to see the dynamic of some guys coming from out west. Um, just totally different riding style and, and with the heat um, and kind of chatting with them. But but staying cool was sort of the name of the game, not just on the race day, but all week. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, even on race day, it was like I warmed up with we, – we forgot like – I don't know. I didn't have any much ice technology, so we took like Dollar General tube socks and cut them in half and like – froze them and then put them on my wrists while I was warming up. Um, so Dude, you didn't have a wait, is, is, the, is there more advanced <laughs> ice technology than that? Cause that's as far as have I've you, ever gone. Have you guys not been, you guys didn't have like a van with an ice bath in it that you could just hop in <laughs> immediately after. Yeah. Dude, an ice fest is only like what? 50 bucks. Yeah. I just wasn't. Yeah. But you're not going to race with an ice vest on. Yeah, but you warm up with the ice fest. Oh, for warm ups, yeah, yeah. Also, I, for unbound, I actually did think about racing with the ice fest, but they just don't last long enough. If it was like an we ins- were, if it was insanely hot year, it would be heavier, but I think it'd be worth it if you could actually stay cool. But it, they don't they don't seem to last long enough. Yeah, I was you know just trying to break the race down into like the only two or three things I can control are like. A, how I'm cooling myself, how I'm fueling and like line choice on the downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were kind of the three things. Uh, like we had guys taking ice socks at the base of the mountain in the feed and they would like throw it in their Jersey. And by the time it melted at the top, we had like a neutral feed. Right there. Mm-hmm. Was giving those dumbbells. So it was just like, so I'm trying to stay cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looked like the it looked like uh from what I saw from the results, um uh Blevins and Riley Amos were actually somewhat close, like thirty seconds, which on that course is is it may not seem super close for a cross country race, but that's like a pretty brutal course. Yeah, he we kind of all started together, which was you know, fun. I like those guys a lot. And so it was a pretty decent pace the first lap. Um, and I knew I just wanted to go with them as much as mm-hmm. I could just to get on basically on their pace and get a gap from the field. And, and then kind of, I knew from there, like laps two on, I would sort it out and rate, kind of ride my own pace. Um, cause you can go backwards pretty quick when it's that hot. Um, but yeah, I made the first, you know, the sacrifice to get on their wheels first. And, um, Yo, Scott, what's up? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, where are you? I'm at the beach. What what beach? Delaware. Delaware. You're in the US. Yeah, I'm in the US. All right, cool. I'm in the US. <laughs> All right. Cool. Where well, are Carson you? I'm in Durango. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Carson's telling us about nationals. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those guys, yeah, they were basically after the first lap. There was, I mean, it was pretty like crazy. I think everyone was too hyped up on the downhill, and with all the the fans, like we had a pretty massive amount of fans in the woods. 
Mm-hmm. I think everyone kind of got a bit unglued, and, and there was like lots of flats in the first lap. Oh, yeah. So I actually came through the first lap second in Blevins, and I was like, this is whatever. This is weird. But <laughs> do you, really do, uh, you do tire inserts? Yeah, one in the rear. Yeah. I mean, one in the, in the front would have probably been. Oh, go ahead, Tyler. Uh, I just asked, none of, you don't ride one in the front? Or you said you said one in the rear, so I was just clarifying. Yeah, I did one in the rear. Um, I mean, like typically I'll do like Transylvania Epic or Pisgah. I would do one in each, and they're getting pretty light um, at this point. Like running one in each is probably just smart. Um, it's probably such a small. It's probably an unnoticeable loss anyway. So, um, but yeah. I had been training with one in the rear for the past few months. Um, and so the suspension and everything was just kind of like set up that way and figured I'd leave it. But, yeah. um, I think there might be, I think there might be a slight rolling re- resistance, uh, disadvantage by having the insert in there, depending on what insert you have. Um, I haven't tested this, but one of my friends just did a test with like inserts versus no inserts in the same tires. And it was really, it was a, they were really close, but, the inserts just seemed like a second or two slower on a three minute segment, which a second or two is not much, but if you like extrapolate that out over an hour and a half long race, I mean, yeah, you could, you could be talking about a handful of seconds by the end. Yeah. I mean, and at this point too, I figure if there even is a, a quantifiable like rotational weight loss, um, I mean, there's like sort of this whole other area of like unquantifi- unquantifiable losses in like tire slipping, bouncing Yeah, I mean, like it's hard to know, but I think whatever you're comfortable with, and also well, I think- if I flatted, I just didn't want to ruin my wheel trying to get back to the pit. <laughs> yeah. And I think you actually could quantify like if, so if you're running inserts, you can run a little bit lower pressure, right? Like you probably could quantify the rolling resistance from running, you know, 17 PSI with an insert versus like 20 PSI without an insert. And I mean, obviously when you're mountain biking, um, like that lower pressure is actually going to be improve the rolling resistance cause it's so bumpy. So, so here's something I've, I've never quite understood with the whole tire pressure thing and inserts. So like tire pressure is dependent on the volume of the tire, right? So like if you run a 2.4 mountain bike tire versus a 2.1 mountain bike tire, you're going to run lower pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, same with like a, you know, road tire running 90 PSI, gravel mm-hmm. tire running 30 PSI. When you throw the insert in there, it's taking away volume from the inside of the tire. So like even though you're rolling, you're running less pressure, like how does that affect like the the tire tension? Yeah, so somebody actually asked this question on um, the Marginal Gains podcast to Josh. It was like on a recent uh, Ask Josh Anything episode. Um, it's like honestly probably my favorite cycling podcast. It's the one that I actually like listen wow. to pretty much every. <laughs> this guy, Jesus. Yeah, I well no, it's second to Bog Bros for sure. <laughs> Um, but he, like he said there, there, you don't need to adjust your pressure if you have inserts in, like there's, there's no difference, uh, in the tension of the tire Hmm. at like 17 PSI with an insert versus 17 PSI without an insert. So that, that, that people have asked me that question too. Like, do you adjust the pressure of your tire with the insert in? And the answer is no, it's the same. 
Really? Yeah. If you want a more detailed explanation, I recommend listening to that episode. I don't know what episode it was, so <laughs> good luck finding it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if I was if I was doing nationals, there's on that course, just having ridden Bear Creek before, there's no way I wouldn't have uh, inserts front and rear, I think. Yeah, I think um, one in the front probably would have been safe. I was pretty comfortable. I'm pretty comfortable in that terrain as far as like, um, I don't know what I do with like position and body weight. So I didn't put one in the front. I was also running like different wheels. I was actually running like the wide revolves. And so Mm -hmm. I knew those had a little more protection. Um, but anywho, yeah, I, I mean, one in the rear, like for sure. First lap, like I said, was chaos. There was, I think everyone just got excited in the, in the main rock garden and stuff, but it was like Riley pulled off with a flat Luke pulled off with a flat. And then it was like Blevins me. And I don't know who else, um, mm-hmm. like Riley, you know, him and Blevins. Yeah. We're just on the face and I wasn't, I wasn't going to try to pretty soon it just settled into like top four it was Blevins and riley luke in between uh me and carrie and then it was just like carrie and i until until the finish basically so mm-hmm. nice yeah and you guys sprinted it out it looked like yeah yeah it was a pretty that was sweet it. man i don't i don't win many sprints these days <laughs> like did do you sprint physics. do you sprint a lot with people me yeah i mean i probably had I probably had like four sprint finishes this year, maybe. Oh wow! Okay, three wow. or four. Have you? Is and this normally, the, is this the first one yeah, you I won mean, this year? Yeah, for sure, dude, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are you normally, taking sprint advice from Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> normally, I'm like, I'm either it's just like physics, it doesn't work out, and I just get waxed by a bigger guy, or that also happens, but it's because I'm just a mountain biker and like. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. Like, I thought Kerry was going to try to get around me before the last downhill. He was just riding. I mean, he's super talented in that stuff too. And even though we're pretty evenly, like, we I'd say we fare pretty well in that terrain. But he has, you know, he just has a bigger, like, he's got like a one twenty mil bike. And I Mm. thought maybe he would try to go for it, but um, but he didn't. So yeah, when it came to the sprint, it was like a really long. It's like super long sprint with kind of a stair step of like this i don't know the terrain does a weird stair step thing and of course usac decides to leave grass like three inches high four inches high so some super slow grass as well but um and i was in the front and i was like man i'm if i leave it to like 100 meters like i'm never there's no chance so i just tried to like surprise him and i think i went i went way out like 300 meters or more and just yeah. somehow held it but Nice. Nice. It looked like the women's race came down to a sprint finish too. I saw pictures of like Sevilla just like seconds ahead of, uh, Kate Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. Those came down to a sprint too. And, um, I'm not sure how the whole race panned out, but I think they were, they were kind of off the front together and, um, riding well. Yeah. I didn't, that, um, you know, that team that she's on is, uh, what bike what what's the name of the bike say ride um trying to remember rock rider yeah i didn't realize i was like um reading comments on pink bike and i didn't realize how inexpensive that bike is like they were talking about how like oh man that 
you know, it's crazy how well that rock rider bike is doing considering how it's like thousands of dollars less than every bike in the field or something yeah, like that. I think, I think that's the premise behind their, I haven't looked into it, but I think that's kind of what I hear about the program is they're trying to, I don't know, expand like, I don't know, a more budget friendly bike yeah. basically and make it available to the masses and show them that they can race on kind of a world cup level circuit apparently. Mm. Yeah. I know so little about that company rock rider, but I don't know. It's cool to see. Um, yeah, my, uh, I actually had a six man sprint finish at, at crusher as well. And I got Adam, are you ready for this? I got <laughs> six out of six. <laughs> How are you so bad at these? <laughs> what the heck? Dude, that, 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 like, that, that would have been a big deal too. Didn't you get like top 30? I got 24th, so if I had like you won the top sprint, 20, dude. I know. So if I'd won the sprint, I would have gotten 18th. <laughs> Man, oh, so, let me ask you embarrassing. this: Like a year ago, when you started <laughs> losing sprints, did you think maybe I should work on my 22nd power? Any? Yeah, Are no, I, I have, I, I have worked on it a little bit, but I mean, I didn't work on it a lot leading into Crusher because Crusher's a summit finish. I just assumed that there wouldn't be sprinting. Um, now I say sprint, but it was like at the top of a climb at 10,000 feet. So sprint is relative. Yeah. Like really we Would were just like, that? what, like being at the top of a climb at 10,000 feet after having yeah. raced for four hours. <laughs> so I, I think my, I think my sprint, like no joke <laughs> at that point in the race was 500 Watts. Like I, I looked at my power, dude. You looked at my power file. Is that more the, than normal? The, <laughs> <laughs> um, you were just talking about how like that that race was so short, you had to go and do a big smasher ride the next day. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. The there, it was actually crazy how close the times were. I mean, I was twenty fourth place, and I was five minutes away from getting a top 10, um, wow. which like for a four and a half hour race, that's all climbing is pretty insane. I mean, if it was a four and a half hour flat race, that'd be like, that'd be awful, you know, um, to be five minutes off because it's probably like a big pack sprint, but it's, we're talking about a summit finish. Um, so yeah. And then uh, dude, the times this year, it's, it's like, it's insane how much faster they were than last year. I, I don't, I don't really know why. Um, but like, obviously Keegan's time was faster. That's, that's probably not a surprise. Although Keegan did have to beat his past self, which is challenge challenging enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was like, for example, the, the time that I got was, would have gotten me sixth place last year. Should have done um, that last year. And, and did you, <laughs> I know, right? And did you guys read? Uh, did you guys read Ru- uh, Rusty's post? He got <laughs> he couldn't take a wheel. <laughs> he got eleventh. He got eleventh both year, both last year and this year. He got eleventh, and this year he went ten minutes faster and had an average power that was thirty five watts higher. Hmm. Just to get the exact same place. Sounds like he's inefficient. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, Rusty. Rusty, Rusty is Russell Finsterwald. Oh, I was impressed. Bro, you don't know with, Rusty, um, Matt no. Beers. Yeah, man. 
I yeah, say that is that is so insane how how well he can climb for how big he is. <sighs> yeah, man, it would have been I. Uh, you know, I say I say it's like um, it'd be cra- it'd be interesting to see him at a flatter race, but I'm going to be honest. Um, he is incredibly unaerodynamic. Like when I'm riding right next to him, he's twice the height of me, <laughs> probably. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure he's like an absolute powerhouse on the flats too, but, um, yeah, I don't know. His, his, his aerodynamics need some work in my opinion. So, um, when we had him on the show, he was saying that he was doing like two stints over here this year. Yeah. Did he say that he was skipping Leadville? I can't remember. Yeah. He's skipping Leadville. Um, so he skipped Seattle and Leadville. So he's coming back for the last three i think so yeah yeah okay which it sucks that he had to skip sea otter because i think sea otter is almost the one that he'd probably have the best chance in you know yeah a lot of climbing kind of at like sea level it's a mountain bike race and he's a mountain biker and uh i don't want to say it's a flat course because it's not really flat but it's flatter than than um you know crusher leadville maybe he's got a good chance at schwamigan probably yeah <clears throat> he can do like 500 watts for two hours so Mm-hmm. I don't know about two, but yeah, he can do 500 watts for a long time. He can do my max sprint at the end of Crusher for for, for, like <laughs> for an the, hour. For the last half of Crusher, <laughs> 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 or for the last half of yeah, yeah. again, yeah. Um, so I gotta I gotta say this about about Crusher. It has some of the worst, like some of the rules for crusher and some of the race logistics for crusher. I just, I was polite about it last year. I think last year I was like, Oh yeah, I don't really understand what they're doing. It's kind of weird. I'm I'm not going to be a polite about it this year. Like they need that. It's it's, they need to change something. Um, so problem. I'll t- all right. I'll talk about the first one, the first one. And this is, this is like last year I was like, yeah, I don't really get why they do this. Doesn't make sense. This year I'm just it's just this is just a dumb idea. So the the way that they order the starts at Crusher makes absolutely no sense at all. Um they start the women 5 minutes before the men and I mean you could make the argument that like oh, you know, that's cool to have the women start before the men cuz like they're getting the spotlight and and everything. But rate as far as logistics go it was so much less safe this year because the first 30 minutes of the race is road and so there's a big pack of women and then there's a pack of men coming and the pack of men had to pass the massive pack of women and all of the men were in in the left lane passing them like while we're going up a mountain road with blind corners and and then also, if you're separating the women and the men, theoretically, you know, you're doing that so that the women can have their own race, just like at Unbound. And having the men start behind the women basically meant that the women did not have their own race because as soon as the men passed, um, women started latching on to the men's group. And then everything got mixed up. And it's like, okay, we should have all just started at the same time, like a normal gravel race in the first place. Um and and honestly, like every single woman that I talked to at the race thought it was the stupidest idea ever. So 
yeah, like I said, last year I was like, I was kind of nice about it. I was like, I don't understand why they're doing this. It's, you know, a race logistics thing. Honestly, just the, just the dumbest idea that a bike race has had in a long time as far as the starting order. And then beyond that, um, so Dylan, Dylan, one question on that. <clears throat> Did they, the, cause I, I watched like the Instagram live thing for a little bit at the start and correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't just the elite women's field that started first. It was all of the women that started first, correct? Yeah. So all of the women start first and then there's like five different men's groups. So there's like the pro men and then there's, and then the men are mixed up in a, in an order that makes no sense either. They start like the 60 plus men before the 30 plus men. And I'm pretty sure the last group to start was like the 20 to 29 men or something. It, it, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, <laughs> it it made absolutely no sense and it was like it was it was physically dangerous because we're we're riding up a mountain a paved mountain road and and every time one of these groups has to pass another group all of the riders in that group that's passing are in are in the oncoming lane right and it wasn't like a mass roads no like imagine imagine if a truck was coming you know, didn't know a race was happening. A truck was coming barreling down the road. And then all of a sudden it comes around a corner and there's like the entire men's field right there in the, in the lane. You know what I'm saying? Why don't they close the road? I don't, none of these gravel races close it's gravel, the road. dude. They don't got that kind of budget. <laughs> Even though it's free. Is it like expensive to do it? What? Expensive to, to, to do, do a gravel race? race? Oh. <laughs> Get a fucking sponsor. I don't know. <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't know what the entry fee was but i'm sure it wasn't cheap yeah i mean they've done that they've done that for i don't know i feel like i did that race like four years ago now and it was the same Mm -hmm. it was the same then i mean you're halfway before the the turn on the gravel Mm -hmm. like halfway up that road climb and you're just it's a yeah it it makes it a tight squeeze but also just like safety issues and it does make you question like Okay, what is that? <laughs> to your point, if like if women want their own race, then why not just also, start them separately? I, I think I think that having the women have their own races is a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. because like a lot of gravel races, the women are just kind of trying to latch on to a fast group of men and that's sort of their tactic. And I think that if the women have their own start, they can like battle it out. Um and but if you if you have if you have the men start five minutes behind the women it's essentially as if everybody started at the same time and you could have just had a mass start. Right. Well, no one's really up because you guys start at like five thirty in the morning for all these gravel races. So no one's going to yeah. be on that mountain road by then, you know? Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I like, I, I tuned into the IG live at the start cause I was mm-hmm. actually awake and <clears throat> I don't know. There's what, like a hundred people watching the Instagram live feed. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, like, I just don't understand. Like they're giving the spotlight to the women, but like there's less people watching than there are even women in the race. So like, well, I, yeah, it, I, I don't it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. The, to me. Yeah. Then. Well, also they're just, covering them on separate channels, right? Like if you tune in to, yes. what was it? The crusher Correct. feed. That's when you got, that's where you got all the men's race or the women's race. And then if you tuned into the lifetime feed, you were getting all the men. So there is, to your point, Adam, there is spotlight for both fields. 
they're just on separate accounts. And so, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it really, I, and, maybe and, and especially a race like this, cause it's so short, like you can't do this with unbound because it's so long, but like you could separate the women's and men's starts by like an hour and like really give them their own race or even like mm-hmm. three hours. I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I don't, I don't even think you would have to do that if you, if you literally just swapped the men and the women and had the men I know start. You don't have to. I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you really wanted yeah. to, like, hey, let's give them their own race to follow, like, right. and then the last hour of their race is like you're just tuning in to watch their race, like you're not, you're not trying yeah. to switch between the two races. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Although I think the people starting an hour back would be a little upset because it does start to get really hot there and. Even an even an hour later, we're talking about temperatures that would be so, so get so so start them two hours before the men. I don't know. I'm just like <laughs> I, make, I, you guys, I, make you guys. No, I think I think I think the simple solution is just do what every other race does: start the men five minutes before the women, and then like problem solved. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, the it, dude, the other here. Did you have something to say, Tyler? Yeah, I was just, I was kind of curious if they would explain it in like their rider handbook. And it does say that the center line rule is always in effect. So you guys should all be disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I like, so if we didn't pass, <laughs> you, should go prote- you should go protest the results. <laughs> so if we didn't pass the center line, I don't, I don't know how we, like, the men's race would have would have been who, what men can like snake their way through the women's field. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't know but um maybe that's yeah, what that's they wanted <laughs> yeah um so the, dude the other ridiculous rule i can't believe this is a rule like i'm i'm seriously wondering if the race promoter has ever done a gravel race it blows my mind that this is a rule there's no public urination on the course that, no that's public urination. Written, yeah it's written in the rule book and it even says something as crazy as like, if you're caught publicly urinating, then you like won't be invited back, or like you, you can't you can't come back, or something like that. Well, I, I, are you not allowed to pee, or can you just do it in a discreet way? Well, they have they have like porta johns at the aid stations, apparently. What so are they just promoting out? everyone like pissing their chamois? <laughs> I don't know, but I was so happy to see that people just completely ignored this. Like, for example, Pete Stetna has to pee like five times in the first hour of every gravel race That's that he my does. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, he didn't care. He was just he was just pissing on the side of the road, like while he was riding, like he always does. So I was really happy to see that people ignored that rule because that that's that again. Like, I, I don't know if this race promoter has ever done a gravel race before. Like, how why are you how are you making that a rule? I mean, maybe someone, maybe someone like 10 years ago was like pissing off the side of the road and a family got offended and called the race director. So he just puts it in there just to like, you know, make sure it's known like he's not promoting peeing on the side of the road. Or he knows that everyone's going to take a piss. So if he doesn't like someone, he then has a reason to like, (laughs) you know, that's that's also a good take. Yeah. 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 I mean. Burke was a pro, so he knows about, you know, peeing off the side of the bike kind of thing. So, I'm, but I'm sure it's just, uh, you know, I don't know, man, it's Utah. Know, it's also like shit. Utah, like they're, they've got all kinds of weird, they've got weird laws there. Is that, does that happen shit? in your races? <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. They didn't have an explicit rule about that, so I'm. I think it's fine. Could do what? <laughs> so if you have to piss, you just need to do it while you're taking a shit too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. Uh, I I didn't have to actually. I didn't have to because uh, the race wasn't long enough. He's he's used to ten hour races. This was only four hours. I know. I should have been more hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I was like some of the, some of the things about that race. I it just I really question. Um, it's a fun race, and it's cool. It's like the only. It's the only race I think I've ever done that's a summit finish. And I think the summit finishes is kind of cool. Um, cause like you usually never experience that, but I don't know some of these race logistics. I was just like, how do you get down from the summit? Do you just have to ride back to your car? I mean, I, I don't know if they have shuttles. I just rode back and it was like 30 minutes of downhill on the road. Like you don't even really have to pedal. Mm. You can just sit on your bike and like ride downhill for 30 minutes. And then you get back to the town. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, pretty, I feel like pretty much from the halfway point, you're just climbing constantly. I don't remember there being any any yeah. relief the whole way up. <laughs> just yeah. Is that all you had to complain about was the start? That was that was the main thing and the Dude, peeing you, thing. You were like texting us and you're like, guys, I cannot wait to rant about Crusher on, on yeah, Bond Pros this week. Cool. <laughs> Scott actually came on the podcast for this specific reason. Scott, are you... Scott, are you pissed? Did you think I'd have more to rant about? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was going to be something more interesting than that. <laughs> Sorry. Gravel drama. There's always something. Yeah. There's always something, dude. There's always something. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there was actually any drama from this race, like, uh, you know, because, uh, like any, uh, Instagram drama. I, I, I will say it seemed like Pete had a pretty good race. Yeah. I feel like yeah, it's I mean, like one of his better I mean, performances. If you get, the last if few you years. get second place to Keegan, then you're, you know, you're like, you're, you're the best rider there, other than like the rider that's the best all the time, you know. So how did it play he, out? He was even did, like putting time on him. Was he on the, was on the Pete he, was? He only, that's what they were. That's what they were saying on the Instagram thing, at least. Oh wow, um, they were just trying to keep you interested. <laughs> Could have been. He only Keegan only won by six minutes this year. So how did it play out? Did you guys just let Keegan ride up the road, or did he? Descend uh, on you? No, I think that I think that Keegan. I mean, I didn't I didn't witness this happen because I was too far back. But um, <laughs> I think that I think that Keegan and Pete crested the first climb together, and then uh, this is just from what I've heard. So this could be incorrect, but. I think Keegan did the descent a little bit faster than Pete. And then he just soloed that road section in the middle. And then he, uh, he soloed the rest of the race. Pete dropped his chain at some point. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, which the, I don't understand. Just, Cause I thought Pete rides a two by, you can drop a two by. Yeah. But you can yeah. get it back on with a two by. It's like, it's also the advantages of a two by. It's super, what? it's super easy to, uh, it's super easy to drop your chain at the bottom of that descent because it's just so rough, like with all these water bars. I dropped my chain actually too. Um, well, maybe so. you dropped it and got it back on, but also at the same time got dropped and just didn't mention that part. That, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it said it took him 30 seconds to fix it. Yeah, 30 okay. seconds of coasting down a hill maybe. Oh, uh, maybe. And then got dropped. 
That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, be- I think I think either way, I think either way, whether he had dropped his chain or not, like he's he wasn't going to beat Keegan, right? <laughs> Do they they had they had one um, like like one of the Instagram live camera points was on that paved descent going down, and it was right before a cattle cr- guard crossing. And mm-hmm. it was pretty sick, like Keegan, like super tucking straight across like the, the cattle guard. And then like mm-hmm. there, there was, there was someone, there was one person that was super tucking and they went to get out of the super tuck before it and like had like a speed wobble for a second. It, yeah. It was a sick like vantage point. Oh, yeah. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That descent is kind of all around terrifying to be honest with you. It's like, there's like no, there's no, uh, guard or anything. And it's like really loose gravel that you lose traction on super easily. So you could just like completely send yourself off the mountain. I saw, I thought I saw a clip of someone, maybe it was, uh, in your group, Dylan of like someone almost losing their front wheel around one of the hairpins. Like, was it that sketchy? And I don't know, were you in a group at that point and was it sketchy descending? Um, well, I was on my drop bar mountain bike. So honestly, I was making up a lot of time on the descent. Like I, I basically went from one group to the next group on the descent. Um, and like in the process past, I don't know, six or seven dudes. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it was, yeah, it was super sketchy. Like the corner, you know, it's typical Utah riding. There's like no traction anywhere. It's so dusty. Um, yeah. (laughs) Nice. Well, anything else before we hit listener questions? Scott, what? <laughs> what are you, you doing, updates? man? Yeah. Scott, we heard we heard we need uh, we heard a rumor or a, a historical uh, story that we need to confirm with you. Oh, Did you wear the same chamois for two rides in a row <laughs> without taking it off or twice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was I was telling them before I was telling them before we started recording about that time that you did the Waynesville loop, which is like a five hour road ride. You did the Waynesville loop in one direction on Saturday, and then you went to bed with that chamois on, and then woke up the next day okay, and did. No, 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 I didn't sleep in it. What was lost my rain jacket, like at the farthest okay. point of this ride. Uh huh. Must have not had any clean clothes or something. It's like, well, I gotta go get my rain jacket. So I just did the ride again. In the same chamois. In the same chamois, though. I mean, maybe. That was a long time ago. I don't know. Yes. I I remember it, dude. (laughs) You went to bed with the chamois on. (laughs) Also, if he lost his raincoat, you know his chamois was quite damp. So <laughs> consider consider it washed. I, don't think it was I, I just had like a jacket with me, or like like a rain jacket. You know, in case it got cold. How did you find it? it? How did you lose? I it? didn't find it. It fell out of my pocket. And you thought you were gonna find it the next day? <laughs> yeah, it was like bright green, and I thought I had I, I like had an idea where it was because like I thought something fell out of my pocket, but I was like too. I just didn't check. Mm. You know, like I heard something in the yeah. woods or whatever, like like on the side of the road. I was like, oh, "What was that?" Could, and that yeah, could be a rain jacket. Rain could be a bear. Yeah. <laughs> with my rain jacket, falling on my pocket, and then I just did it again. Wow, sick, dude! 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. The whole the whole sleeping in the chamois thing. No, that's. And I know you're denying it, but we have. Why would I do that? (laughs) That's what I thought at the time. That's what I was thinking at the time. (laughs) That's something I mean. Do Dylan? No. (laughs) I mean, bike packers do that. Bike packers sleep in their chamois. Why don't you sleep naked? That's what I do. I don't wear underwear. (laughs) Yeah, I know you don't wear underwear. <laughs> at all. Um ever. <laughs> Scott, I think this is like this is the experience that started your saddle sore problem. You know? For this sure. is why this is ever after that it started like years of Oh, I have a saddle continu- sore problem. Ever since I switched to ISM, no saddle sore problem. You still run that saddle? Yeah. Is that a sponsor plug? No. <laughs> Blink twice if you're contractually obligated to make a reference. <laughs> I, I, no, Scott, I gotta say every Every time I, I saw you, uh, like in the, in the cross, uh, like feeds last fall, like I would cringe when I saw that saddle on your cross bike. <laughs> Why? It's a good saddle. <laughs> it, just, it just looks so weird on a cross bike though, dude. Like, cause you're, cause well, like on a normal bike, right? you never, on a normal bike, you're, you're like in the saddle so much, but like in a cross race, you're like out of the saddle or off your bike, like half the race. So you just constantly see the like little prongies sticking out. Yeah. Maybe. I don't care what you I, <laughs> I know you don't. That's why you run <laughs> I, I tried that saddle, and I'm going to be honest, I was not a fan. You, you have to try it for like a month. You, you, can't, yeah. you can't try it for like a ride. Yeah, I gave it. Whenever I think you I gave change it. saddles, it feels like shit, or it feels like weird. Yeah, but sometimes it doesn't feel like shit. Sometimes it feels amazing off the get-go, and that's the perfect saddle. No. That is too comfortable. <laughs> it's too... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. It was for, for people who don't know the ISM. I mean, you should probably look it up on your phone right now to see what this looks like. It's atrocious. Um, but it's like the TT saddle. That's got two prongs sticking out of the front. I'm surprised you don't want it. Cause like when you ride in your aero bars, it probably, cause you can slide farther forward. On yeah. That that's, that's seat. why I wanted to, that's why I wanted to try it, but I didn't, I didn't really like it. Which one? Well, they have like a bunch of different ones. Which one did you use? Yeah, I I have like narrow uh, narrow sit bones, so I got the narrowest one that they offer, which I felt like was still too wide. Yeah, you gotta. Um, there's a there's a trick that you can like use a zip tie and like clamp it down on the rails, and it'll yeah, like no, bring the tip that's closer. Okay. Yeah, that's but, okay. But also with that trick, mine's all the way back, so you can't. Oh, you know my yeah, saddle. Yeah, you couldn't do that. Back. No, I'm yeah. I'm not gonna put zip ties on my saddle. I'm just gonna run a, a normal saddle. Speaking of saddles, have you guys? Have you guys? Uh, I was looking. I was interested in like a a WTB saddle, and I went on their website, and they have a like saddle fitting like quiz that you can take. Have you guys tried this before? Saddle fitting quiz. Yeah, or just like they ask you for details, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Have you guys looked at that before? I've never done that. Specifically no. for WTV. Dude, they, I haven't used a WTV saddle since I was like 13 years old. Well, maybe they got <laughs> one for your narrow hips. Uh, but they have you, I thought it was really interesting. They have you measure your wrist and then measure like, your wrist. Yes. I don't know why. Uh, measure your wrist and then uh, give your like your body type. Like, are you, are your shoulders mm. broader than your hips? Are you just like, the same yeah. across the board. Give you give them your hair color and your. Uh... <laughs> they don't. They don't have that. 
I don't know what I would put for that. Answer. Your shoulder width and your, uh, you know, how many teeth you have. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. You whether you wear guy. braces. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's what that I'm brought thinking. me. That brought me to the question of like, how do you measure it? Just you, you spread a bunch of peanut butter on a chair and you sit it. <laughs> right, Scott. This sounds like an OnlyFans <laughs> account that you follow specifically. <laughs> um so typically uh we lost carson typically if you're going to use peanut butter you put it in a ziploc bag first so it doesn't spread all over your ass but i don't know maybe scott does it different (laughs) i've never done this i just wanted to see if somebody would actually do it um interesting yeah, I don't know. Do you then reuse the peanut butter I mean, for later? Fortunately, Tyler, you live in a place where there's like there's like buku bike shops everywhere. So like, just go to a bike shop that has <laughs> that like mean, the sit bone measurement device. That doesn't mean that they know what they're doing with it. But no, 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 no it's sure. a device that doesn't for like you. It's like they don't even have to know I, what they're doing. I know, I know what device you're talking about, but it doesn't mean that the person that I would speak with would know like what they're doing with it. Oh no, yeah, you you should interpolate the data yourself. <laughs> yeah, we got you. Interpolate. <laughs> Is that a big word? Too too big of a word for you guys? Is that a real word? Interpolate. Am I the idiot not, here? Not the, way, not the way you're pronouncing it. <laughs> Extrapolate. Um, okay, we should we should hit listener questions though. All right, let's do it. Because we still now we have like thirty, and we last week we only had twenty. So yeah, we, we don't have to answer them all, you know. <laughs> Some of them are dumb. <laughs> Most of them, actually. <laughs> okay, this one's from uh, Kenny. He says, "I got a question about pacing strategy when it's two people. Let's say it's a hundred mile, hundred mile duo time trial, and both what? riders are equal." <laughs> Just Sounds let me get to the question. <laughs> 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 Both riders are equal ability. How long should the pulls be? How hard should the pulls be? And does it change if you increase the number of riders? Is it a two man? So, so forget the hundred mile like time trial away. thing. Like just just imagine you're are you in a two man break or are you in a seven man break? You should only pull as hard as you can to get to the finish. Um depends how much you like them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Adam's answer to this would be you don't pull at all. You just let him do all the work. Not Adam Saban, Adam Robert. Yeah. <laughs> if they're willing to do it, then they're stupid. <laughs> um, I mean, I like. I think that the smaller the group, the longer the pulls need to be. Um, you know, so I don't. I don't know if there's an exact number here, but I don't know. You might be like doing thirty second pulls if if you've got two dudes or maybe longer maybe like minute pulls if you've got two dudes and then it gets shorter from there the more the more dudes you have hmm. yeah i mean i i would think it might even be longer than minute it might be like a couple minutes yeah because you're, Carson, I mean, you're trying to give your, yourself beat. enough recovery between those efforts that's true yeah carson you've been doing some of these long mountain bike stage races is there any uh pulling or is it just whoever gets to the single track first and Everybody tries to maintain it there. Yeah, it depends. Um, some of these more technical ones, it's definitely like less about, I guess, teamwork and more about positioning. Um, like if you're with a couple of, you know, if you're with a few people, it's like you got to kind of know who's 
that type of thing. Um, it's more of like position defense and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like in these like Transylvania Epic Pisgah, if you, you know, especially Transylvania, the guys were like the top three or four. It was just like seconds between them all week. So um, you, you, if you get off the front with somebody else, it's kind of been advantageous for both of you to work together to an extent. Um, you know, if you're like first and second or second and third in GC type of thing. And, um, and then like, you know, you got to decide at some point how long you're going to help them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's tough. Like the terrain kind of isn't as conducive to teamwork, maybe some, some gravel sections, some flat road sections, but otherwise it's, um, yeah, helping each other a little bit until it's time to decide like where you want to go into the next single track. Yeah. I usually find that in a mountain bike race, there's, there's usually depends on what level mountain bike race you're doing, but there's usually somebody who doesn't uh, realize that you should let other people pull. And then they just do all the work on the, on the gravel segment that there are on the course. Yeah, there's, there's definitely like, that's kind of the issue with mountain bikers and me included. I've gotten better, <laughs> but like, we just think, we just think we can essentially like muscle our way through like, Oh, it's just whoever's, well, just whoever goes harder is going to win the race. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely not the case. Like we've had people get on the front and just pull us across three miles of gravel and then you just pass them right before the single track and then you never see them again. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. All right. Sick. Well, next question. Um, <clears throat> another question for Dylan. Are there any videos or content you've put out in the past that you'd no longer agree with? Uh, I think that if, if I were to like review all of my videos, I would probably find like sentences here or there that I'm like, ah, nah, I should have worded that differently. Or that's, I I think that my opinions changed on that. But I think that if my, I think that if I had like a drastic opinion shift about a certain video, I would take it down and I haven't taken down a single video. So. How about the rest of you guys? Are there any videos that Dylan's put out in the past that you don't agree with? <laughs> Do you have any videos about sprinting, Dylan? Because you should probably take those down. <laughs> no. I actually have never done a video about sprinting. I don't know if anyone would even take that seriously, considering you can do my track record. One like what not to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not from the front, but apparently it works sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing not to derail the question but that's the thing that was funny about the nationals situation was like and i'm sure carrie will hear this too but it's so funny like carrie has such a big following and it's like everyone was like dude you got fourth like but they were more i guess they were more excited that i beat carrie <laughs> I don't know why. it was like yeah. it wasn't that i got fourth it was just like you beat carrie like what <laughs> And it's like, yeah, thanks. I guess that are you saying it was a good race or Carrie's usually pretty know? good in a sprint too. Yeah. 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 I've lost many a sprints to him, so <laughs> uh okay, next one. This one's from Ben. This one's just kind of a funny take, but he says, Bonkro's team, I think the next big thing to revolutionize gravel racing is a moto at the front with a big timer 
like they use in chess to keep track of times everyone is pulling. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't pull enough, then you like get disqualified or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, hopefully like everyone else is just also like keeping track of that, you know, like mm-hmm. usually you kind of know if someone's not doing any work in the group. I mean, I think that um, what, the, what this guy is specifically referencing is uh, Gravel Locos and how Adam Roberge didn't pull and then won the race, you know? Yeah. I will admit this question was from, like, May. So I think that is <laughs> okay. what they were. <laughs> there, yeah. there was a few in the in the junk mail that I that I pushed into the listener question box. Um, also, this next one from Jim, he says, Love the podcast. Has Adam Roberge become the nickelback of Gravel? Nickelback. What does like everybody hate Nickelback or something? (laughs) (laughs) So I used to say that Adam was the most hated man in gravel and he still might be the most hated man in gravel amongst uh, like the lifetime Grand Prix guys. I don't know, but it seemed like everyone was on his side in that whole Ian Boswell, Adam Roberge, not pulling controversy. Um, Like 95% of people, on the internet, yeah, even like, even even Boz got on on his side at, at yeah, the end. Even even Boz, even Boz. So you know, I it it almost seemed like he gained some fans off of that. Uh, like that whole controversy was he actually came out on top. Um, like he came out on top in the whole dispute, and then he he gained gained fans after that whole thing. So I don't know. I don't is it Beck is like he's gone. Durango is is the reference here that everyone hates Nickelback? <laughs> I don't even listen to enough Nickelback to know. <laughs> uh, we we lost you for a second, and then like all of your words got compressed into like two seconds. So I don't know what you just said. Uh, no, it's not important. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one's from William. He says, "Hi, I love the show. Keep it up." I know that people tend to run the same size tire front and back. Sometimes people run slightly larger in the back because there is more weight on the back tire and less of an aero effect. I wonder if people should be running a larger tire in the front for gravel racing despite this. Wouldn't a larger tire in the front have a similar effect to a front suspension mountain bike? Doesn't the front tire seem to take the brunt of most impacts? I thought this could be a neat discussion. My gravel bike has clearance for 40 in the back and 45 in the front. I have 40s on it, but I was wondering if I should put a 45 in the front. What do you think? Thanks, William. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I if you're going to run different size tires on your gravel bike, I think that it makes, like, like he said at the beginning of the question, I think it makes a lot more sense to run the bigger tire in the rear, which is not really conducive to how a lot of gravel bikes are set up because most gravel bikes have more clearance for a bigger tire in the front fork than they do in the frame. But you know, he, he's talking about like, Oh, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like having a front fork, but I would actually argue that you're taking bigger hits to the rear. Um, just because. Hey Dylan, Riverside is asking you to refresh your browser. That, that Durango <laughs> Weefy is not, not cutting it. Yeah. That shit blows. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Dylan said something, 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 Pathfinder pros 47. size 47. <laughs> so, um, Ooh, nice yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. So, I know, so I mean, and hit, hit, Oh, sorry, Carson, you go ahead. 
Uh, not like an aero aspect, but in mountain bikes, sometimes guys will switch or they'll run like a bigger front and a smaller rear. Um, bigger front for more like grip and kind of safety in the front and then smaller in the rear to keep the tire like tighter and um, I don't know, maybe save some weight. But otherwise, yeah, there's not a lot of implications there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is, yeah, in mountain biking, like, you'll run a bigger tire in the front a lot of times for, yeah, exactly that, like, more traction. But, like, in gravel, like, he he states that the front tire is taking most of the brunt of impacts or something like that, he said. The brunt of most impacts. And I would disagree. Um, Like, if that's the case, then you're taking bad lines. Like, you should be avoiding everything with your front tire. And sometimes your rear tire hits stuff because you don't have as much control over where your rear tire is tracking. So like, that's, you know, like that's why I like cars, like you were running the, the uh, tire answer in the rear. It's cause like, you don't always know like where that rear tire is going to impact, but you should be able to control like where your front tire is impacting. Yeah. And typically the weight, I mean, you're going to have a, I think a larger distribution of weight towards the back as well. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on a mountain bike, like descending and stuff too, for sure. Um, so I don't know to Will's question. I mean, should he put a bigger tire in the front because he has space for it? Um, I don't know. I'd say probably no, maybe. I mean, you could like, but, um, usually in my experience, the front tire is what clogs the frame too. Like if you run into mud, so like if you, if you're taking up all of that mud clearance in the front, that could be problematic if it's a muddy race. I'd stay maybe depending on the course if it's a crusher type course where it's like pretty vertical either climbing or descending you know maybe a little bigger in the front if you have the space for it could give you some cornering traction and stuff on loose gravel but if it's like a fast flat course or rolly then yeah you would probably just stick with the smaller yeah um yeah, 40, 40 mil clearance on a gravel bike is like pretty small these days too. But yeah, it's not a gravel bike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. It belongs in the trash. The cyclocross bike, the original gravel bike. It can be done. I raced BWR on BWR North Carolina on thirty two refuses. Dylan's yes. favorite tire. Nice. Yes. The the sli- slippery boys. <laughs> <laughs> the slowest tire in mankind apparently man those i've run the 32 refuses before and those are harsh tires yeah Yeah. but you can ride them till they're like shaped like a square yeah they are super burly uh okay let's oh go ahead tyler no as i was gonna say i was listening to uh tobin's episode with uh bill and amanda on grodio and and they said they don't run the refuse because they think that they're faster. They run them basically because they're so freaking durable that, you know, they don't really have to worry about punctures as much. So hmm. there you go. Now, you know, the secrets oh, yeah. potentially, maybe they're just punking everyone when they're talking about yeah, probably the fast tires on. Um, okay. Let's, let's hit one last one so we can at least check off a few of these. Uh, this one's from Yiko young. Um, with all the dust and gravel, how do your lungs feel after gravel events? There's like 17 questions here too. So we'll rapid fire these. Scott, your time to shine. Uh, just right at the front. Don't have to worry about dust. Boom. 
Uh, no. If you don't finish a gravel race, having smoked a pack of cigarettes, did you do it right? <laughs> I feel like that's what all the cool kids do these days. Uh, what bike lights do you use for long mountain bike and gravel events? I assume you train with them on the bike. I forgot my helmet light the other night riding in the woods and was like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I mean, I use a tail light. I don't ride in the dark otherwise, though. You guys? Yeah, I like commute home sometimes after uh, working with the, the youth. And I just got a set of the outbound lights or like just like recently got a set of the outbound lights. So that's been, you know, it's been nice. It comes with, like you can get like the handlebar and the helmet uh, mount. I haven't ridden with the helmet one, hmm. but just the handlebar mount. And it's, uh, it's nice. Although if you are mountain biking at night, a helmet light is probably what you should get first and then worry about the handlebar later. So, yeah, I, I've done very little night riding, especially mountain biking. Um, but that's what I've always heard is that the helmet light is, is important. Yeah. I mean, obviously both having both is, is great, but you can just imagine like trying to navigate a switchback if you have a light on your handlebars and you can't right really see what's in front of you. Um, okay. I wear question. Do you use rain X or something like that to keep your glasses clean for races? I, I haven't, but that seems like a good idea unless like rain X in your eyes is a bad idea. Cause then like maybe it could blind you. <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably a risk there. Hazard. Carson, do you rock, uh, do you rock glasses for the short track or do they be pretty much become obsolete after the first lap? Yeah, they were pretty much useless after like a lap. Um, <laughs> but I'll keep them, especially like if it's not, if it's something sh- like short track where they'll stay on your face. Um, I will actually like keep my glasses and wear them lower on like the bottom of my nose basically. So they're like pointed down. Mm-hmm. So they block the spray from like your wheel steel still. Mm. And then you can just look over the top of them. Nice. So that's something that like I learned you, Scott. a while ago and it works pretty well. Uh, what was the question again? I was a little less. <laughs> Do you use rain X on your sunglasses in order to keep them clean when it's, when it's rainy out? I mean, I've sprayed it on there a few times, but I don't think it really does anything. Oh, you have tried it. Yeah. But like what Carson said, if you put them down. Yeah. When you can, when you need to. Yeah. To see. I, I wear contacts. So like I, I'm always like mindful. Like I, I don't, I don't like riding without them. So like I, yeah, I do the same thing at least like have them handy. So if, if it starts to get like super sloppy, I can just slide them on, man, this <laughs> Wi-Fi is terrible is today. taking everybody today. <laughs> yeah. There we go. He's back. What was your question, Carson? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Ian Boswell talks about training for gravel by using speed as the key concept. Of course, not just the only part, but a big part. I've heard him say, sometimes I just try to hold 20 miles an hour and see how long I can go. Why is that? Speed is such a huge variable, isn't it? First one, you guys ever train. (laughs) Yeah. So Scott, you were talking about this on our like coaches call earlier this week. Um, how like for sprint training, like you only care about speed. You don't care about power or cadence or anything like that it's like fastest to the finish line wins yeah i mean maybe he's uh maybe he's doing like a flatter ride like yeah speed is variable if you're i'm sure he's not holding 20 miles an hour up a climb but if he's doing like a rolly ride and in, in vermont then you know it's just the same thing as training time to exhaustion right like just ride super hard or like 
you know, building up your like TTE and threshold, right? Like you need to do some type of training to be able to maintain that for longer periods of time. So yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a little more nuanced than just go out and try to hold 20 for as long as you can. But you know, if that's the pace that these gravel races are ridden at, then that's the pace you should ride. I would, yeah, yeah. I'd say train more by, um, specificity of like power and, and heart rate or whatever you're using. But then I think that stuff's super helpful as you get closer to an event to get used to the, what the actual effort's going to feel like and look like over terrain as you get closer. Yeah. Carson, like on the mountain bike, like, do you ever like go out and just do like hot laps where you're just trying to, um, like, you know, best your time or like hold an average speed or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, like like I said, I, I tend to make my training a bit more specific or a bit more um like applicable to what the course is gonna be as I get closer to an event. So, you know, when I'm like a week or two out, a couple weeks out, I kind of I shift intervals to the trail or to like gravel with a trail descent and just try to make loops out of it. Cause um at that point I'm really not concerned if my interval is like exactly three hundred watts or if it's like 290 but i did it on terrain that was super uh variable and like you had to adapt to and, and figure out how to put down power down because for a lot of mountain biking that's the difference is um you know efficient you can be over terrain so um yeah i'll do i'll do hot laps that are like specific to the terrain type and it's again it's not perfect numbers on a graph but like when you come to race day you kind of know how to put your power down yeah yeah, so I don't know, like, back to the question, like, I'm not exactly sure where where Boswell's coming from with this logic. Maybe he's just, I mean, he's an ex-world tour guy, like, maybe he's just sick of training off of power data and just wants to go off of, you know, speed. I don't know. Is he that being the case? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, sick. Let's wrap it there. Thanks, Carson, for coming on. What do you got next? Where can we, where should we keep an eye out for you? Um, yeah, not nothing like too big until the fall, like marathon nets, um, snowshoe world cup, little sugar. We'll kind of be how the season ends. Okay. Um, you'd be at Schwam again, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. That time of year gets like pretty crazy and the races are all over the map. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially cause, uh, marathon nets is in what, like, is it Alabama? Yeah. Alabama. And then I have like three days to get to snowshoe and do the like marathon world cup there. And then while I'm there, I'm just going to stay <laughs> another three days. Cause why not? Um, and then I'll do the cross country world cup on the Sunday. Okay. Hey, we, we actually had this come up a few weeks ago. Um, someone was asking last about week. the marathon world cups or maybe, yeah, maybe Tyler, you asked about it. I don't know. It would, no, it was last week that we were trying, we were talking about the marathon world cups and if they existed, yeah, so is that a new thing this year? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I would imagine they're only going to grow, you know, and add races to the calendar, but right now it's pretty it's pretty new. So there's only a, there's only a handful of them, and uh, a few of them are kind of tied in with the other World Series races, like Novogesto okay. was one. I think there was one in Italy, Snowshoes one. So, like... Um, yeah, they're an actual they're an actual thing now. Uh, Marathon Sick. World Series, and I think eventually they'll probably be kind of built into the like the cross country weeks and the downhill weeks sometimes. So like double and triple headers. 
And are they running different tracks or are they just doing more laps of the same track? Yeah, different different tracks. I think either one big loop or a, a two or three bigger loops type of thing. Okay, um, sick. So is, is Snowshoe going to be your first time doing one of the Marathon World Cups? Yeah, that'll be my first and... I think uh, I want to I want to get there and prioritize that over the cross country World Cup because Snowshoe next fall actually hosts the Marathon World Championships, um, so it'll be kind of Sick. a good little test run to see what trails they're going to use. And I mean, it's going to be like Snowshoe's pretty raw, so um, should be pretty tough. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool, man. Well, good luck. Hopefully, we'll we'll catch you at one of the events later in the year. Um, but yeah, yeah, thanks again for coming on. You too, Scott. Yeah, thanks thank for you guys. Uh, mostly being here. Yeah, I was here for some All right, guys, we'll, we'll catch you later. Good. See ya.